0: So at long last we are in Revelation nineteen. Uh Revelation nineteen and uh we are going to hear of a great many things, uh, particularly as we talk about the wedding supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and um and we look at this passage of Scripture. So there's a lot here. Um we will only, by God's grace, only deal with the first 10 verses today, this evening, okay? So uh, just think it's probably better for us to divide the chapter up at least in half. We may divide it up again, I, I don't know, um, but we'll see. And uh, But Revelation chapter 19, and uh, like I said, verses 1 through 10. Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Looking at the victory of God and the uh, the song... Of God's people uh, praising him and shouting his victory. Revelation chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. And so if you're physically able to do so, do let me invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's holy and written word. And Revelation chapter 19, hear, hear the word of the Lord that's given to us tonight. Revelation chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, going through verse 10. This is the word of the Lord. And after these things, I heard a great voice of many people in heaven saying, Alleluia. Salvation and glory and honor and power to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are His judgments, for He has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and has avenged her uh, and has avenged the blood of His servants um, at her hand. And again, they say, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up for ever and ever, and the twenty and the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, for all you, his servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of the many waters is the voice of the mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And as he says to me, Right. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he says to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, see that you do it not. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that you that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Let's pray, Father. This is your word. It has now gone forth. May you bless your word as it continues to go forth. And we pray this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you can be seated. So uh I don't think there are many passages of Scripture. There there are probably a few others, but uh, uh the passages of Scripture, chapter 18 and chapter 19, that are so utterly very different, to very different, very different uh uh goings on, I think contrasts. Uh, dark uh, and light, uh, the the darkest uh, depression and despair on the one hand, um, with uh, with uh, the, the with the great Babylon being destroyed, and yet in chapter nineteen, on the other hand, we have a great victory in heaven over God and God's destruction of this of this great city, this this great place called Babylon. And God's declaring His victory over over the the um, over this wicked wicked city, uh, and 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 Revelation chapter nineteen verses one through ten is remarkably different than anything before before us. Um, I mean, we still are dealing. We're still dealing with with the destruction and the fall of Babylon. I mean, t- there is no doubt about that. I mean, we're not. There, it's, we've not changed scenery. We're still during that 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 remarkably difficult time but we're seeing two different distinct and distinct responses to that one of the uh, of the of the nations because uh, they have experienced this great judgment and the other from from the saints from the from heaven and the worship of heaven over the destruction of this wicked wicked empire this wicked city and, and, and when, when the news reaches the ears, it's very different, isn't it? From, uh, the, when the news reaches the ears of those in heaven versus those who, who heard it upon the earth. Uh, in chapter 18, for instance, you'll hear, um, you know, the three, what, what I call the three alasses uh you know alas, 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 you know uh, Babylon the great has fallen and 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 so um we 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 read about how the nations mourn over these things uh but when it but when it reaches heaven, we witness a heavenly worship service, a celebration of god's great victory over this wicked city, Babylon, this wicked place. And, and there is tremendous joy because babylon 's call or fall clearly paves the way for the exciting new uh, beginning of the victory of god once and once and for all and so let 's take a look at, at at here in chapter nineteen everything that is that we're going to uh, uh, what what we're we 're going to look at tonight um, this evening so let 's start uh, with with simply this the celebration the celebration. And so it begins in chapter 19 verse 1, it says, after these things, I heard a great voice of many people in the heavens, or in the heavens, saying, in heaven, saying, Alleluia, or Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power to the Lord our God. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the, but the word Hallelujah appears here in very quick succession in chapter, 9, Revelation chapter 19. What makes this so interesting is that, <clears throat> While the praise, while the name, Hallelujah, which literally means praise Yah or praise Yahweh, praise, praise the Lord. Right, that's what it literally means. Praise Yah, um, praise the Lord God Almighty, um, praise the the God of Israel. Uh, so while this has been abundant in the Old Testament, this is the first time it has appeared, and it appears in the New Testament throughout the Book of Psalms. Hallelujah is very, very. Very prevalent. But throughout the New Testament, the word hallelujah is interestingly absent until we get to Revelation chapter 19. Hallelujah has not appeared in the entire Bible, in the entire New Testament until this point. And it's interesting that it occurs at this point. And this is why we say that there there is a great celebration going on here. Because by the saints in heaven saying hallelujah, and then saying salvation and glory and honor and power to the be to the Lord our God, right? What they're doing is they are they are singing they are singing a specific song. And and as we know, I mean, Revelation has been filled with songs. Revelation has been filled with all kinds of, of songs to this point, of the saints and of the angels, and uh and, and even of the even of the nations as they've been as they've been judged. But but here we have the saints of heaven specifically crying out uh and rejoicing. If you go back to chapter 18, remember God commands the saints to to do this exact thing. In chapter 18, verse 20, it says, Rejoice over her, you heaven, you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. And so as a result then, they respond, right, to the, 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 uh, the, the saints in heaven and the, the chorus of heaven is, Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise be to Yahweh, praise be to the Lord for His victory over His enemies. And this is why there's such a grand celebration at this point. John's vision here about Babylon's fall. There's not much to see. There really isn't. Uh, But we do hear um, three different choirs singing, don't we? In this, in just these first few opening verses of chapter 19. Um, Notice, notice it's right, verse one, right, Hallelujah, and then it goes on, um, and and we see uh, another one in verse three, right, Hallelujah, and then we see another one in verse five. Saying, Praise our God, all you his saints. Now, notice that there is a distinction. Notice this one. Notice the first choir. Notice where the first choir is. It just says, And I heard a great voice of many people in heaven. So these are the saints singing, Hallelujah. And then the number three in verse three, and he says, And again, they said, Hallelujah. And their smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God on the throne, saying, Amen. Hallelujah. So this time, God says, or the, the Lord Jesus shows the Apostle John that at the fall of, of this great city, Babylon, right? Uh, not only are the saints going to sing uh, his praises, but also the, the 24 elders and the four living creatures are going to join in there in verse 3. And so, ultimately, God himself is going to join in. In this praise as well, this choir, this chorus, and he say, "Well, now, what do you mean? What do you mean?" And well, look with me. It says, verse five, and a voice came out of the throne, who sits on the throne, the Lord, the God of Israel, the God of the God of of His people, the God of His elect people. Right? This is the This is the Lord. This is the This is the Father. This is the Son. This is the Spirit joining together in worship with the saints, um, <clears throat> calling them to remember to praise our God right commanding them praise our god all you his servants and you that fear him both small and and great and so this is a command coming from out of the throne to praise the god who has done this the god who has brought this to be, uh, brought this about and so we see that that all, all over and over and over again while the nations lament heaven and the saints rejoice in this time why because while the nations revelled in the power and the strength of Babylon the great city the nations revel in the truth of the word of god they revel in god himself they they find their joy in christ they rejoice in him they serve him they love him they long for him to be honored and glorified and it, it's interesting how we've gotten glimpses of this along the way whether whether it was in revelation 4 or 5 or or other places 7 6 and 7 i mean we've gotten glimpses of worship but but now specifically um a god's work uh, god is being praised for the work that he has brought about and and it is interesting that when john what john says here in verse chapter 19 verse 1 and he says, and after these things, I heard a great voice of many people. Now, when John says this, right, we, we need to we need to think of, this is John's way of saying an innumerable amount of people simply singing. This is what John heard. It wasn't just a small choir. It wasn't even a large choir. This was a, a choir of, in, of inestimable, inestimable uh, innumerable people uh and 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 just 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 great amounts of people that have that have gathered together to sing the these are shouts of of God's praise in unison together the unison of hallelujah the unison of salvation and glory and power belong to our god the unison of our crying out of God's of God to be praised and God's glory to be seen because he has finally brought about the end of this great wicked empire this great wicked city babylon and what why why are why are heaven why are we why are we as the saints rejoicing in this well if you go back to chapter 18 you have your answer don't you particularly in chapter 18 verse 20 remember what i said that they were we were commanded heaven was commanded to do this but why right well, and it says, "For God has avenged you on her." In other words, God has fulfilled the the, the time of, of He has He has, He has, He has come to the end uh, where He is going to tolerate her sins no more, and He has finally said, um, "Let's let us bring just judgment and justice upon the world and in the world, and He's going to He's going to show forth His His power and His glory." And and the saints recognize this. And for those of us who who are on this side of heaven, perhaps we struggle with this because we say, but, but we're not supposed to rejoice when our enemies fall. Well, certainly in this world we should not do that. I mean, because we're still tainted with great sin and our hearts are still tainted with great sin. And the Lord tells us not to do that because we don't rejoice correctly. Um, but... Um, that doesn't mean that, and ultimately, uh, in chapter 19, they're not rejoicing even because they have been, their, their blood and their, their, have been avenged upon Babylon the Great as much as they are recognizing God's power and who God is to bring about judgment and justice upon the nations for the injustices that the saints have throughout the history, throughout history have, um, who have, they, they, they've, they felt, we have felt, um, and we know, and we understand, and and heaven, heaven itself sees this. Well, they're able to see with a different viewpoint, uh, not from a not from a standpoint of vengeance, not from a standpoint of of anger, right? But from a standpoint of understanding that God's judge, judgment and justice must be executed eventually, and now that He is he now punishes sin and evil, and heaven rejoices. The saints and the angels and the 24 elders and the living beasts, and uh, God commands um, all all of creatures to praise him. And notice what he says here in verse 5, his servants and you that fear him. Notice what he says here, both small and great. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you know your your struggles in this life you're commanded to rejoice that god is going and has done this for his glory and his honor and and, and don't misunderstand what i'm saying she deserves and when i say she i mean babylon babylon deserves this the great antichrist's empire deserves this it finally deserves for it to be destroyed i mean think about all the evil that has happened in the antichrist's empire think about think about all the wickedness and the sinfulness that is that has transpired throughout this and the bloodshed that has come upon the um, the the people of god for their simple faith in christ their simple love for christ their simple honor for christ and this great this great beast this great antichrist beast has has revelled in and 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 has made himself drunk and uh, with with the with the with the with the blood of god 's people and it 's amazing that that she deserves this because with her false religious ideas her anti christian philosophies she has not only she has not only killed the saints of god 's people but she has also Led many people away and astray into secularism and materialism and into all sorts of of wicked wicked things. She has she has led them to pollute uh, their 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 uh, their lives with 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 immorality and and has made the world filthy and, pol- and a filthy and a polluted place to live because of her lack of morality. And God's justice finally, at long last, holds this 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 antichrist empire he it is finally made to pay the wicked uh, the wickedness is destroyed and the world can now be re-established right and god's plan of redemption from 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 creation to to mankind to every aspect of it is going to be felt it's going to the the the, the newness is going to be felt um and a, and actually this is the ultimate this is the ultimate culmination. Remember back in Revelation chapter 6 that the that the people under the under the altar, right, were saying, "How long, o, o Lord? How long? How long, how long?" And now and he said, "Well, rest a little while longer." And now in chapter 18 and 19 we see what has happened. Wickedness is destroyed, the world can be reestablished. Um and and the multitude of of heaven rejoices. Hallelujah he cries out how oh, they cry out hallelujah over and over and over and over again it's a moment of grand finale if you will at this at this point as god once and for all puts down every every uh every known uh dissenter and those who stand against him uh, god puts them down and destroys them once and for all uh, and John John hears the voices of those that he's not really heard from since chapter uh, four and five. Remember back in Revelation chapter four and five, these these twenty these twenty four elders and these beasts they were they were very prominent. They played a very prominent role. He's not really heard a whole lot from them, a little bit, but not a whole lot from them. But now all of a sudden they burst back onto the scene. And what is it that they are doing? They are praising God for his his salvation. They are praising God because he that Jesus has not only opened the scroll, broken the seals, but he, in doing so he has executed judgment and they are celebrating with the simple uh, with simply two words. What are those two words in verse 4? They are very simple. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen meaning being meaning even so may you bring it to pass, Lord, or something along those lines and a hallelujah being Praise be to Yahweh. Praise be to the Lord. And he says, praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him, you saints of God. Praise Him, small and great. Praise Him, <clears throat> you know, all creatures. Really does bring back sort of memory of, of what we sang this morning, as, and we've been singing at the close of our services for the last couple of weeks. You know, praise praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Um, praise Him above you, heavenly hosts. You know, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That, that, is, that, is, um, that is the praise that they are singing at this point. Um, that is the command at this point that they are singing. And, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, 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 this crowd is, is, is more powerful than any other, than any other crowd that he's heard. Even back in chapter four and chapter five, this, the, as, as powerful as those, those, the worship of heaven was at that point. In chapter 19, it almost seems as if the worship of heaven has been magnified and has been, has been magnified, um, a thousand fold it is a deafening sound so loud and so overwhelming that that John literally at 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 one point it says that he bows down he is so overcome by this he bows down and begins worshiping the person showing him the, the messenger showing him this and the messenger says no 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 don't do that i am simply a messenger like you you do not worship me you worship the lord right so um John is so overwhelmed such a it's an incredible sight that he sees here and John tries his best to attempt to capture what that sounds like and what that looks like uh, because he, he just simply says, it seemed like a great multitude. It was like the roar of pounding waves and mighty waterfalls, and it was a booming sound of, of, of the mighty, like mighty peals of thunder. Like throughout, scripture, throughout Revelation, he's mentioned these things, and again, he now seems to mention these again, these singers, them singing and praising God in, in, in just, just for his graciousness. And I would say to us that as the Church of Jesus Christ, we, we need to allow this to trigger our hearts, to, to, to mo, I hate to even use that word, that word becomes such a, such a horrible word, but, but it should, it should motivate our hearts, it should start within us a worship and joyful praise, the beginning of praise and worship and celebration because God is all powerful, because God is able to bring about the, the, the ultimate justice and correct the injustices of this life and to hold accountable those who have, who have dishonor those who dishonor the name of Christ and those who, who who bring who who are uh, who who are never satisfied with with injustice and wickedness, and we need to see that this is a vision, a prophetic picture, right? And I would say this for those of us here, uh, for for us, right? We we recognize that uh, while we may not live in this Babylon, we live in a Babylon of sorts, right? A place where. Um, this is not our home right we we live in a, a secular culture that is that is largely and growingly and irreversibly and even inevitably um, glorifying in self and, and 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 yet in all of this we are promised that in that great day uh, when God ultimately judges this this final uh antichrist uh, empire that ultimately uh, this is going to this is going to Glorify the Father, and, and we, we can use that to remind us that, that no matter what Babylon's, uh, in the meantime, arise against the Lord, the Lord is in control, and he puts down, he levels them to the ground. They will never be allowed to glorify themselves forever against the God of heaven, because God is the one who has the final victory. Uh, though it may not be here yet, though we may not see it yet, it it is it is a growing reality that we see. And then, second of all, then let, let's take a look at another uh, another division here in chapter nineteen, and that is simply the wedding, the wedding. So we have the celebration, the, the, the worship, but now we have the wedding. He said, "Well, what do you mean?" Well, if you look here, he says um, in in verse seven. Um, "...let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he says to me, Ble- right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb." And he says to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, see you do not. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren and have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what is this, this, this beautiful thing, uh, w- this wedding, right? Well, ultimately it goes back to Jesus' teaching, right? We, we know Jesus tells us that he is going to come again for his people, he's going to come again for his bride, uh, and he is going to, uh, he's going to return for her, and he's going to um, show forth uh, um, his glory in, in her. Uh, in, in, in her and, and, and it really is, again, a tale of two women, in chapter eighteen, a, a, a wicked, uh, immoral place called Babylon. Here in Revelation chapter eighteen, and here in chapter nineteen, a virtuous bride um, who has been made ready um, by Christ uh, and and herself, um, and 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 God has God has called us then to celebrate, uh, not just to dis- not just to celebrate the destruction of this great city, right? But also to rejoice and to celebrate in, in the fact that, uh, Christ is, Christ is, uh, Christ has made this, given us this picture, this wedding picture. Uh, and and this image of joy and and i think for any of us who have who, who have been married or are married right we can think back on to those days uh, when we were when we had our our wedding and and the pictures we can look back on the pictures and we can rejoice if you have them and we can rejoice in those and we can we can glorify god in those and honor the lord in in those because we remember the celebration and the beauty and the the the, the just the, the the mercy of god in all of this for us and we can we can rejoice because it was a joyous day. It was a good day. It was a good day to as 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 we entered into a covenant um, with with a uh, with a brother or sister in Christ, and we, we we partnered together before God Himself. And it's interesting that that the that uh, uh, that as we see here in chapter nineteen, it's amazing to think that as as we read this, it is clear. That the Lord delights in His bride. I mean, we—I know that we often think about and we often talk about the 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 bride of Christ rejoicing in, in in her husband, and 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 that's certainly biblical imagery and biblical language. But let's not forget the fact that Jesus delights in His bride. He delights in His people. Uh, and 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 it, it is a beautiful, beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture uh, of, of of God finally. Um, bringing about this, this consummation uh, at the end of days uh, with his people uh, where we're rejoicing together and sitting and feasting. And I would, I would simply, Christian, I, I would simply draw your attention to the fact that every time we partake of the table, of the supper, we are preparing ourselves, our hearts, our minds, we are preparing ourselves for this wedding that is coming. If you will, it's not a perfect metaphor, but every time we partake of the Lord's supper, we are we are rehearsing for the ultimate and glad day of the final marriage supper of the lamb. We are rejoicing in that. We are preparing for that. We are we are awaiting that. We cannot we cannot wait for that to happen. And it's 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 an amazing, beautiful picture of a bride and a bridegroom who who cannot wait to ultimately uh, to ultimately join together and to rejoice in this. And and again, I mean, it's it's um, it is a it is a wonderful picture, and it's a, it's a it's a glorious picture of what God is doing. A lovely metaphor, a wedding imagery here, um, but. Let me say this, it's also confrontational. He said, well, now, wait a minute, how, how, how can this be, how can this be confrontational? Like, like, this is so beautiful and, and it's glorious and it's good, right? Um, I I mean, the wedding on, on one hand, right, uh, uh, is, is a, is a beautiful picture, uh, but it's confrontational because, again, remember the nations. They are set in contrast to the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is pure and lovely and, and Christ has, 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 has caused her to prepare herself and washed her by the, through the word, right? In Ephesians, we're told that, that, that Christ washes the, the, uh, the church through the, um, through the, through the washing of the word, right? And, and so we know that Christ has done this and we have prepared and made ourselves ready. And, and so on one hand, we have this beautiful picture, but it's a confrontational picture because on the other hand you have the immorality of the nations the wickedness of the nations who have refused to bow the knee who have refused to who have refused to honor the Lord the God of heaven and and as a result they're going to ta- they're going to taste the far reaching eternal consequences of their choices and of their decisions not to honor Christ they had an opportunity. I mean, as throughout Revelation, we have seen over and over and over again. They have had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. The nations have had to repent and to turn to Christ and to, to flee their their wickedness. But now their day has come. And over against this immoral, this immoral wickedness of the nations stands this beautiful bride. And so the question then becomes for us, and where this becomes confrontational is, Are we of the Bride? Are we, are we the bride? Or have we made ourselves ready? Are we, are we in Christ? Have we repented and confessed our sins? Or have we, have we joined together, uh, in, in the rejoicing of heaven for Christ's ultimate sacrifice in the death, burial, resurre- his death, burial, resurrection and in making a way back to the Father, being reconciled to the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ? Are we of those or are we of the nations who, who sit by and, and rejoice in the wickedness and the sinfulness of their own pleasures and their own immorality? morality who refuse to bow the knee to the king of heaven are we of the bride uh, of christ who uh, of the the bride of the lamb who makes herself ready or are we of those of the nations who adorn ourselves in all sorts of wickedness right so that's the question i think ultimately we have to ask ourselves and notice here, notice, notice how, the, how the bride is, is mentioned. It says, And let us rejoice, or be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Right? Now, the question becomes, How is this possible when we are sinners, right? How can the Lord see us this way because we are sinners? How can God speak of us, the church, in this way as the bride of Christ? How can he do that when we are struggling sinners? Well, ultimately, do you notice what he says here in verse 8? And and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And who is that righteousness? It is Christ. It is none other than Jesus Christ. And so we are seen as beautiful and glorious. Um, We are seen as bright and pure and 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 fitting of, of of fine linen and beautiful purity not because of us not because of our actions but because of Christ because of Christ this is a this is a gift of love that has been given to her because in verse 8 it says and to her was granted it doesn't say and she took the dress and put it on it says it was given to her and she and not just that not that she put it on but that she was literally clothed in it so she didn't do this yes she made herself ready how by 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 coming to the lord jesus christ bowing the knee confessing faith in christ but as a result of this reality christ himself now clothes his bride in a beautiful bright clean pure dress not because not because we are perfect and 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 always do what's right but because in christ we are made perfect pure we are made pure through the blood of jesus christ and it symbolizes our our holiness right not the righteous deeds of the saints but the righteous deeds of the saint savior the righteous work of the savior the righteous work of 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 christ who has gone before us and who has purchased us and bought us Yes, we are called to make ourselves ready, but ultimately, it's God who has given us grace. It is God who has given us mercy. It is God who has who sovereignly worked and moved for His glory. God is the one who has who has prepared for us good and righteous deeds. In Ephesians two ten, and at, and then at the very end, what are we told? Empowered by God, we are put on this dress. This we are we are put on this this beautiful clean uh, uh, garment, right? And we understand this is metaphor, right? This isn't this isn't uh, physical, right? Uh, uh, but but this is a this is a metaphor, right? Uh, that that uh, that that is being used for us. Uh, word pictures given to us, and 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 then the bride is brought into the bridegroom's home. At long last, she is brought into the home of the bridegroom, and there is accompanied with her. Um, <coughs> excuse me, this beautiful feast. This beautiful feast that then that is then given. This wonderful feast that is given because of the because of the because at long last this day has finally come. That this day has finally come, the day in which Christ uh, brings his people into his presence, he brings his people into his home, where we will feast not for a week, not for a day, not for a month, but forever in the presence of Christ. We will rejoice and we will feast forever. Heaven, I think, all too often, heaven has been uh, boiled down to some kind of of, of silly, um, cartoonish understanding. But this is a place where we will feast and we will sing and we will praise and we will work for the glory of God and we will we will do everything that we were created to do uh, from the beginning it will be done we're not going to just be sitting up there lounging back hanging out we are going to be honoring the lord in 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 eating and drinking and feasting and and worshiping and serving christ and doing all of these things as god's people There's going to be an everlasting fellowship, a blessed communion between the Redeemer and the redeemed. Once and for all, the fulfillment of all of the promises of the gospel will be finally realized in this day. And we will be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, forever and ever. Now, let me just simply close out by simply pointing you to one other place. Here in the 10 verses, and that is the invitation. The invitations, perhaps, should be maybe a better... Word for it, the invitations. Wait a minute, where do you see that? Well, do you notice what it says in verse 9? Verse 9 and 10. And he says to me, write, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he says to me, these are the true sayings of God. The invitations are out. The invitations are out. And you say, well, when were the invitations sent out? Well, the invitations are out now. The invitations have been sent. They were already sent. They were sent, completed, mailed out, if you will, uh, in God's economy. On the day of Christ's work, on the day the calling of the, bride, of the bridegroom was sent out to those who had repented and believed the gospel, to God's elect people, they were sent out. They were sent out. And it's funny because we're so distracted by so many things so I have a so our uh my nephew and and his his uh, his fiance are getting ready to get married in may i'm gonna I'm gonna have the privilege of been asked to do their wedding in Orlington. uh and so i'm gonna I'm gonna do that uh, and it's a, it's gonna be a, a good and glorious day like most weddings are but but it's so it's so interesting that you can um you 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 know you, you can get so busy with with all the invitations that I heard of a bride once, uh, a bride and groom who got so busy with all the preparations they forgot to send the invitations out um, well <laughs> uh, um, I, I don't know what happened there, but i I, uh, I I'm sure they had a good time nonetheless but but the point is is that you know as as um, um, th- that is not the case with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He did not forget to send the invitations. He did not forget to send out the call of, of, of the gospel to sinners to repent and to believe the gospel. And we can't buy our way into it. We can't afford to. Uh, we can't earn our way into it because no one's good enough. But it's only Christ, and it's Christ alone. Because notice what the, what the angel or the servant here says in verse, in verse 10. Uh, John, well, John writes, he says, "...and I fell at his feet to worship him." And he, this messenger, this angel, said to me, see that you do, do it not, or don't do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, and so, um, as God's people, we, we get a... Um, uh, we get a, uh, a call, a, a, a call to, to, to come to the festivities. Uh, we don't have, we don't necessarily have the date, right? Like we, we, we don't know when that date's going to be. Jesus didn't put, when he left, he didn't say on July the 21st, 2030, I will return for you, right? He just simply says to be ready. He simply says and tells us to be ready for his coming. And we are called to be ready. We are called to rejoice and to be ready for that day because we do have an invitation if we are in Christ. We do have a promise. The Word of God gives us the promise. It gives us the, the promised invitation to the wedding festivities that will come one day. And is coming, I would even think, sooner than perhaps we even know and realize. And, and I would say this. We, we don't get even a, a, a description of the menu for this supper. But we know it's going to be good. We know it's going to be wonderful. Um, we 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 can maybe even think of of, the, of Isaiah. I don't know if you you, know, you remember this passage, but in Isaiah twenty five. Isaiah talks about in verse six. He talks about rich foods and aged wine, the best of the meats and the best of the wines. And he talks about this. and And I, I wonder often, um, you know. So uh, we're Baptists. Maybe we should say grape juice. I don't know. But I I would I would uh, just a joke. But um, but but we can we can talk about we can talk about. You know, just the wonder of sitting with Christ and eating and drinking and being with Him. Uh, today is the day of salvation, we're told uh, in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and, and we're called to not neglect. If, if you hear the call of God, we're called not to neglect. And we're called not only that, but we're called to, to make sure that others hear the invitation. That is, we're called to give the gospel away. We're called to give the gospel away because we're going to read about a much different feast that's coming. And it's not the marriage supper of the feast, but we're going to read in the next couple of chapters, we're going to read of a much, much, much worse feast. And we're going to read here in the next couple of weeks of the feasts of the, of the nations. But they aren't, they aren't the ones feasting. They're the ones being feasted upon. As we'll see, it talks about the wild beasts and the birds gorge themselves on the corpses of the wicked. Much different feast. A very disgusting type of feast. Not the feast that you or I want to be called to be a part of. But you and I, even this night, are being called to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And if, if we already know Christ, then congratulations. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. It's not something you'll be able to put in a drawer and forget about. Jesus is going to return for you. He has told us that he is hanging on to us. And so in the meantime, we simply prepare and await for the great wedding banquet that's coming. We we clothe ourselves in, in the righteousness of Christ and the holiness of God. We live in love and thankfulness for God's mercy and grace. We don't question, we never question the reliability of our invitation because God is the one who has issued it to us. And Satan loves to get us to think, are you sure? Well, the answer is, if you are in Christ, if you have repented and confessed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are in Christ. If you have truly done this if you have truly repented and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ there is no doubt there's no question of the reliability of the invitation there's no doubt that uh, even even amidst all of our failures and sins and struggles with our dark thoughts and everything else with all the wrongs that we stumble and struggle in and fall into god never rescinds the invitation it's an amazing thought isn't it I mean, it's an amazing thought. God doesn't rescind the invitation to us. And John is overwhelmed by this. He is overwhelmed, so he falls down and begins to to sing praises to God. Or not to God, but to the angel, to the messenger here. And the the angel says, no, 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 no. Brothers and sisters, I I, want to say this to us. When the doors of the banquet hall swing open, And you and I are ushered into the new Jerusalem to celebrate the love and grace of God and the living communion that is ours with Jesus Christ forever and ever. I know it's probably not a popular position with a Baptist, but I think we are going to genuinely dance on the streets of gold for his grace and his mercy. We are going to be in awe and fall at his feet and we with every tongue from every tribe and every nation will join in the wedding song of the Lamb as we sing to his great and glorious name. Let's pray together. Father, help us to rejoice and await for that long-awaited day to... To, to rejoice in in the meantime while while we await the the consummation while we await the final invitation the, the final uh, the final day in which Christ returns for his people and and we who are God's people are, are able to rejoice <clears throat> in this great day in the wedding feast God we our prayer is that you would help us to help us to to clothe ourselves or be clothed in the righteousness of Christ that we would we would we would live lives of honor and integrity of godliness and holiness that Christ would be glorified in us that we can rejoice in that day in which we will all join together and gather together in that day we would rejoice in Christ so until that day may you protect us and help us and guard us in your holiness that you would be glorified in us and through us, God. Let us let us honor Christ. Let us honor one another in all that is done. And we pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.